Vox Quick Hits. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. You've kept her and Rush in your thoughts and prayers. Ladies and gentlemen, Catherine Limbaugh. Hello, everyone. I know that I am most certainly not the Limbaugh that you tuned in to listen to today. I, like you, very much wish Rush was behind this golden microphone right now, welcoming you to another exceptional three hours of broadcasting. Rush Limbaugh has died. He was huge. Nicole Hemmer writes about conservative media. He transformed the world of political media by introducing this kind of political entertainment that would become the model for not just conservative talk radio, but for places like Fox News. She wrote a book called Messengers of the Right, Conservative Media and the Transformation of American Politics. But he also fundamentally transformed the conservative movement and the Republican Party. He becomes a kind of kingmaker on the right, and he introduces the set of incentives to Republican politics that you need to be a little outrageous, that you need to be hardline, that you need to show fealty to this conservative media in order to attract all of those voters who listen to Rush Limbaugh's show. And the transformations we've seen in the GOP over the past 30 years are at least in part a product of the Limbaugh show. Ms. Fluke and the rest of you feminazis, here's the deal. If we are going to pay for your contraceptives and thus pay for you to have sex, we want something for it. And I'll tell you what it is. We want you to post the videos online so we can all watch. So how does Rush get his start? It wasn't a podcast thing, as far as I know. It was not a podcast thing, nor was it really a politics thing. I mean, here's a guy who grew up in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and he came from a family of lawyers. He was supposed to be a lawyer, but he wants to be a rock and roll disc jockey. He wants to be a sports commentator. And those are the kinds of things that he does for the first several years of his career. It's only in the 1980s during the Reagan era that he begins to shift toward politics. He's fired from his sports commenting job. He gets a job reading the news. And they offer him the opportunity to do a little commentary on the side. And when he does that, that takes off because it's so different from what people are used to. It's so outrageous that even though most of the people who listen to it hate it, they can't stop listening to it. And the station owners realize that they have something there. You're a quality talk show host. We've never had one this good. And it's sad to see someone like you go. I can understand that. So he's, he's bouncing around. So he had started off in Missouri. He goes to Kansas City, Missouri. And then in 1984, after Morton Downey Jr. is fired from a Sacramento station, uh, Limbaugh takes his spot. And so he goes to Sacramento in 1984, builds a huge audience there with his political talk. And then by 1988, he's picked up by a New York station to be a nationally syndicated host. And that's really when he becomes a national phenomenon. 
The New York City school system won a close vote recently to distribute condoms on request to any high school student in the school system who wants one. The budgets are so tight, they may have to cut 18,000 teachers. The message is that it is more important to give students condoms in New York City than it is to give them teachers. So he has all of these bits, whether they're um, satirical songs or he does something called color abortions. When he doesn't like what a color is saying, he just hangs up on them and he has the sound of like a vacuum and screams in the background. Mm. I don't know. He stops doing it. But he does a lot of things to shock and outrage his listeners. And people love it. People love and hate it. And those still count as ratings, whether they're tuning in to hate listen or to love listen. And people do start, particularly conservatives, start to see him as somebody who's speaking truth to power, like saying the things that they want to say but aren't able to say. And so even at the same time people are hate listening to him, there's a whole other group of people who are tuning in and saying, yeah, that guy, he's funny, he speaks for me, um, he says the things that you're not allowed to say anymore, and that's the attraction to him in the 1980s and 90s. It sounds like he's the internet sort of before the internet. Yes, he's the first internet troll in a pre-internet <laughs> era. It's very much this idea of like triggering the libs that he's doing well before there's social media for everyone to do the exact same thing he's doing. Wow. Whoa. That is some group of people, thousands. And for this guy who sort of starts off in the Reagan era, it feels like the culmination of all of his conservative hopes and dreams and trolling really come to pass with the Trump era. I mean, absolutely. Rush Limbaugh is critical to understanding the Trump era, in part because, you know, remember that day in June 2015 when Donald Trump announces his candidacy and how strange and how bizarre his language sounded. When was the last time you saw a Chevrolet in Tokyo? It doesn't exist, folks. They beat us all the time. And how improbable his candidacy seemed, because he didn't sound like any politician you'd ever heard. He was trading in offense and racism and all of these things that you thought weren't going to be the cornerstone of a successful presidential campaign. And for conservatives who had spent the last 25 years listening to Rush Limbaugh, he didn't sound strange. He sounded comfortingly familiar. He mm. sounded like Rush Limbaugh, the insults, the nicknames, the sort of uh, circuitous speech patterns. I mean, that is classic Limbaugh. And so for conservatives who were so used to that, there was something attractive and familiar about Donald Trump. And their relationship seems, at least in, in some ways, sort of symbiotic. Absolutely. And you could really see that in the last year of the Trump presidency. Um, it was a year that started off with Donald Trump giving Rush Limbaugh the Medal of Freedom at the State of the Union address, something that obviously elevated Rush Limbaugh into this sort of heroic level. Here tonight is a special man, beloved by millions of Americans, who just received a stage four advanced cancer Diagnosis. And then later on that year in October, when Donald Trump was stricken with COVID, um, Rush Limbaugh turned over his microphone to the president because he was benched, couldn't go out 
why I can talk to you, Rush, the great Rush, and you are the great one, uh, and I'm honored to know you. But I can talk to you, and I can spell out all of the dishonesty and everything else, and millions of people are listening right now. They I hope- are. And for two hours, Donald Trump held forth on this so-called radio rally on Rush Limbaugh's show. And so you could really see— uh, how the two boosted one another throughout his presidency. And it's perhaps kind of fitting that Donald Trump's political career as president comes to an end and that Rush Limbaugh's show comes to an end just a a month or so after Donald Trump leaves office. This conservative icon is dead, but it feels like what he stood for, what he created, is thriving beyond his wildest dreams. Oh, yeah. I mean, we are living in a world that Rush Limbaugh made. There are dozens of three-hour-a-day call-in conservative talk radio shows. There's Fox News and now all of Fox News' competitors. There are an endless number of right-wing websites, now social media platforms. The idea of a popular separate space for conservatives, something that Rush Limbaugh really helped to grow into something not just popular, but profitable. Limbaugh was the first test case of that idea. And since then, that whole world has just mushroomed into something enormous and totalizing and absolutely transformative of American politics. That was an excerpt of Today Explained. To hear the whole enchilada and others like it, check out Today Explained wherever you check out your podcasts.